pastor started a tradition where we would say what we are thankful for at our at the, the Thanksgiving table, and it kind of caught on. We seem to do that now more and more as we get together. But I'd like to talk to you on the subject of nothing more than Thanksgiving. But before I do that, I uh, got some dad jokes here. Yeah, I'm qualified. I'm an old dad. What was the turkey suspected of? Foul play. He knew it. What sound does a limping turkey make? Wobble, wobble. What did the turkey say before it was roasted? Boy, I'm stuffed. Why should you never tell secrets in a cornfield? There you go, because there's too many ears. And then finally, what do you call a running turkey? Fast food. But ump bump. One of the most beautiful psalms that we have that was penned was the 100th psalm. And it's a psalm of thanksgiving. And tonight I'm going to go through that so that you all can conjure up in your minds what things you're thankful for during this time of the year. And really, you should do this all the time. But please follow along if you have your Bibles or if you are looking up at the screen. It says this, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. With all my heart, and I hope you can say the same thing, we are a people and a nation that is blessed by God. Amen? It is not uncommon during this time of the year to start thinking about putting lists together. Our grandkids are putting lists together for what they want for Christmas and then that infamous list that we make for our resolutions at New Year's that none of us really keeps. But there's another list that we often overlook, and that's during this time of Thanksgiving. What are we really thankful for? What are we truly thankful for? Some housewives were asked um, what they were thankful for, and they wrote some of these things. They said, for children who put away their things and clean up after themselves. They're such a joy, you hate to see them go home to their own parents. <laughs> For teenagers, because they give parents an opportunity to learn a second language. And for smoke alarms, because they let you know when the turkey is finally done. Now, that might be not a part of really any of our list, but the lists that we should look at are not so much material possessions. That really should not be. I'm thankful for 
my God that has saved me. I'm thankful for my wife who loves me. I'm thankful for three wonderful children that never really gave us any trouble. I'm thankful for grandkids. And I'm really thankful, despite all the flaws that we might think of the nation that we live in, because we are free to do this right at this point. But even more than that, I'm thankful for our church family, for all of you. You have shown so much love over the years, and that mercy and grace that God showers on each and every one of us. And that's so nice to be a part of a family that really is appreciative for that. So with Jesus, we really should have much to celebrate during this season of Thanksgiving and going on. But it has a downside also because there are so many Americans that are really not thankful for what they have, for what they've been given, for the freedoms that were offered to them. And so many of us think at times that we're underprivileged. But I'd like to take you back a long time ago to a small handful of people that came over here on a ship called the Mayflower. They started the custom of thanksgiving, and that custom was thankfulness to Almighty God. They were thankful. They had no homes and no government agency to help them build homes. They had no means of transportation such as we do. They made all their transportation by legs. Their only food came from the sea and from what they found in the forest. And they had to get it for themselves. They had no money and no place to spend it if they had any. They had no amusements except for what they made for themselves, no means of communication with their relatives back in England, no social security, and no Medicare. But anyone who would dare to call them underprivileged would probably have ended up in the stocks. They were part of the great people that had wonderful assets. The assets were initiative, courage, willingness to work, and boundless faith in God. They were thankful. Our forefathers had a faith that just didn't die, and that's what brought them over to the new land. That almost sounds strange today in a time when powerful forces are at work in our nation trying to strip us of every reminder that the very foundation of our nation was built upon the conviction that we are one nation under God. Amen? So Thanksgiving Day, or should I say the season of Thanksgiving, in which I'm going to open up to you, is a very distinctive holiday time. It's a very wonderful time. It doesn't commemorate anybody's birth. It doesn't commemorate any battle or anniversary. It is simply a day set aside to express our nation's thanks to our nation's God.
Can you start tonight by raising your hands? Can you thank him in your own way? Just tell him. You should be thankful for the fact that you've got breath in your body. So this upcoming week, our nation will pause once again to celebrate Thanksgiving Day. Oh yeah, there'll be the Macy's Day Parade. There'll be all sorts of things going on. The president will pardon a turkey. But we should understand that the example of our Thanksgiving should not be what we have currently put on the docket, but what our forefathers, what our forefathers brought forth. And we should be full of humility and be a people that is extremely thankful for everything that we have been given and given by God. But it's often the opposite, isn't it? We have a lot of people that feel they are entitled. We have a nation of people that feel they should be given. And they're less mindful of who gives it to them. They're less mindful that the ability to see, the ability to work, the ability to love has all been given, given to them by God. So I think that this psalm, Psalm 100, was written to deal with that attitude, to remind us of our need to be thankful and to maintain an attitude of gratitude. So the 100th Psalm was written for people that were following God. They were the Israelites. And God said to them, when you come into the promised land and settle down in your warm homes and you have plenty to eat, don't forget me. I led you out of the wilderness and I brought you into a land flowing with milk and honey. But it doesn't take very long. It really doesn't take very long to realize that the people of Israel needed a reminder and I'm afraid that we also need it too. We need to remember, we get so caught up with the hustle and bustle of everyday life that at times we seem to forget that it's God that's giving us all that we ever need or want. He's the sustainer of our lives. He's the one that's always there, even in times of difficulty. All we have to do is avail ourselves to him in prayer or in worship, just letting him know how grateful we are. So this message of thanksgiving is a deep and wide message and applies to every person at every stage of life. It's sad, isn't it, that we are the only country in the world except for Canada and the Philippines that has a Thanksgiving Day. I wonder how our world would change. I really wonder how our world would change if we were all thankful. If there was one day set aside that everybody would be pointed to God, what would happen in this world where people would be alerted to the fact that it's not you that made yourself, but it's God. It's God that's there for you. I think there is something about giving thanks together to God that breaks down barriers between people and brings about 
a cohesiveness, a unity, much like that which occurred when the Berlin Wall fell and East and West were joined together. I think also that there is a real danger in this season of determining our thanksgiving on the basis of how much we have. Do we have enough turkey to gorge ourselves? Is my money in the bank secure? Am I healthy? And we let these things determine whether we are or aren't thankful. You know, just this week, I went over to the Dornbach house. And Scott Dornbach is not doing well. He's blind in one eye and he's going blind in the other. His gastroparesis is really out of control. He's now going three times a week to dialysis, and his kidneys are failing. And for those of you that don't know, his wife had a heart attack some weeks ago. And so here I am sitting with the two of them, and you wouldn't know that anything is wrong with either one of them. All they could do was thank God for what God is doing in their lives and the ability to witness to people in whatever circumstance they find themselves. See, that's true thankfulness. It should not matter how we feel. It should not matter what we've gone through. We should just understand each and every day that he's there. He said he'd never leave us. He'd never forsake us. He said, when you call on me, I will answer. And so we just need to understand this is a time that we should just say, God, thank you. Thank you for knowing who I am and being with me every step of the way. The psalmist says that all of these things may change at any time. Anything that we have. They may drift away, they may burn up, or someone may steal our possessions. The only thing we have for sure is a relationship with the Savior. And that's what the 100th Psalm emphasizes. Just scan the Psalm. In verse 1, you'll find the name of the Lord. In verse 2, you'll find the name of the Lord. In verse 3, you'll find the name of the Lord. And in verse 4, it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. And in verse 5, you'll find the name of the Lord. The basis of our thanksgiving is then the name of the Lord. Because it's a strong tower that the righteous run into and are safe. And what is that name? Jesus. Oh, say it again. What's that name? Jesus. Alex Haley, the author of Roots, had an unusual picture hanging on his office wall. You'll know what this is all about. But it's good, it's good reading anyway. It was the picture of a turtle on top of a fence post. When asked why is it there, Alex Haley answered, every time I write something significant, every time I read my words and think that they are wonderful and begin to feel proud of myself, I look at the turtle on top of the fence post and remember that he didn't get there on his own. He had help. 
How many of you know the help that's been afforded you in life? Can you clap onto the Lord? So this is part of what I'm trying to get across so that when we get together next week and even on through the holidays and even into next year, that we remember that everything that we have been provided, everything that we have, every opportunity that we get and every high place we go to, we didn't get there on our own. God is the one that affected it for us. He's the one that helps. Now, we're going to look a little more carefully at this psalm, and we find that there is a series of five commands given. The first command is verse 1. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. It means to shout with the force of a trumpet blast. To shout for joy to the Lord that comes from the very depths of your being, the innermost part. At one point, Jesus said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water, and this spoke he of the Spirit, that they which believe on him should receive. I think when that Spirit comes rushing in, boy, that should open up a floodgate every day that we should just shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. You're, you're nodding at me. I think we should try it right now. Can you expressed by shouting unto God your love and thanksgiving for him? One, two, and a three. God, we love you and we thank you. Hallelujah. Hey, maybe it's God that solved the problem for you. Maybe he's given you clear direction in life wherewith to go. Maybe he's provided a wonderful blessing and you realize that it has come from him. So from the depths of your being, you should proclaim your praise. A minister tells about a veteran missionary who came up to him one day after he had delivered his sermon. The missionary introduced himself, himself and said, I was a medical missionary for many years in India. And I served in a region where there was progressive blindness. People were born with healthy vision, but there was something in that area that caused people to lose their sight as they grew older. But this missionary had developed a treatment which would stop progressive blindness. So people came to him, and he performed his treatment, and they would leave realizing that they would have become completely blind, but because of him, their sight had been saved. He said that they never said thank you because the phrase was not in their dialect. Instead, they spoke a word that meant, I will tell your name. Wherever they went, they would tell the name of the missionary who had cured their blindness. They had received something so wonderful that they eagerly proclaimed it. See, wherever we go, whoever we're with, we should proclaim the name of Jesus. 
Who sets you free? Jesus. Who heals you? Jesus. Who delivers you? Jesus. Who's there to bless you when you need a blessing? It's Jesus. We need to understand these things and at times not be so stoic. We need to have a smile on our face and we need to have a breath in our body that allows us to pass that name Jesus to people that we meet. Oh, yeah, you're going to get opposition. Oh, yeah, people will think you're a, you're a Jesus freak. But I'll tell you what, I'd rather be a Jesus freak than a freak for the devil. Amen? This is what the psalmist was saying. Suddenly you realize that God has been so good to you that you can't keep it inside anymore. From the depths of your being, you shout your joy unto God. So that's what it means to shout unto the Lord. The second command is serve the Lord with gladness. It doesn't say serve the church. It doesn't say serve the preacher or serve the leaders or serve the organization. It says Serve the Lord. The Bible teaches us that if we witness on behalf of the Lord, if we feed the hungry, if we clothe the naked, if we do the work of the Lord, whatever it might be, we are serving the Lord. In Matthew 25, 40, Jesus said, Inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, you have done it unto me. See, when we serve one another here in the household of faith, when we see there's a need, we're actually taking that need and giving it unto the Lord. When we see a need outside in the world and we fulfill that need, we're doing it as unto the Lord. There should be no hesitation. If we have the resource, we should give. Amen? I hope we grasp that because I see so many people that do not grasp that. Maybe we serve at times, times out of the feeling of obligation or a fear of guilt if we don't serve or maybe even because we want to draw attention to ourselves. It's natural for us to desire appreciation when we do something that is worthwhile. But the psalmist says, in whatever you do, serve the Lord with gladness. Husbands, you should love your wives. Because when you love her, you're loving the Lord. Wives, you should love your husbands because you're loving the Lord. We should love one another because we're loving the Lord. I think we need to grasp that so that we can understand our position. The third command is, come before him with joyful song. Psalm 98 and 4 says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. I can do that. Can you do that? How many of you are good singers? Ben, you should have raised your hand. 
And after that rendition of I am king of the forest, <laughs> you, you should have raised your hand. You should be able to make a joyful noise unto the Lord anywhere and at any time. Amen? I just had you shout. Are you ready? Let's make a joyful noise. You don't have to shout, but just say something unto the Lord. Wow. God, they really do love you. God said, I want you to be happy. Shout with joy, serve with gladness, and come with joyful songs. Take a look around at each other. Come on, look at each other. Do you all look happy? Is there anyone that is not happy that you see? I'm searching for the happy police. Is there anyone that does not have a smile? We of all people should be happy. We sing a song. We're a happy people. Yes, we are. I'm not going to keep going. But we should be happy. We should understand that this life is temporal. There is an end. There's a shelf life to this life. But there's a life that's coming that is eternal. And I don't know about you, but I'm waiting for it. And that makes me happy because I know I don't have to live here all the rest of eternity. I go to a place that he's prepared. And what he's prepared, I have not seen, nor ear heard, nor entered into the imagination of mankind, the things that he has prepared for us. My goodness, we've seen Niagara Falls. I've seen the Grand Canyon. I've seen the oceans. They're gorgeous. But I'll tell you what, they pale in comparison to what God has waiting for us. We should be joyful. We should say things that are grateful unto God because he has those things waiting for us. We shouldn't sit with a scowl. We should be happy. The psalmist says, come before him and serve him and sing his praises with joy in your heart. Command number four is, know that the Lord is God it is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. God took every bone. He took every joint. He welded them together with sinew and muscle and covered them with skin and gave us eyes to see, brains to think, and fingers that can pick things up. He gave us lips, too so that we could kiss our spouses. But God made us inside and out. He made you the way he wanted you to be. I look in the mirror sometimes and I go, God, couldn't you just let me have kept hair? But obviously he wanted me to be this way. And so I wouldn't trade who I am for anything. Because 
God looked at me, and I know it's not recorded, but he said, that's good. He said the same thing for each and every one of you because he wanted you to be what he wanted you to be. So you've got to understand that whatever takes place, it's the providence of God for you. He decided that he wanted you to be your size. He wanted you to be your weight. Well, maybe not. That probably is determined by me. And this Thanksgiving, I'll have to watch out. So, so God is the one that wants us to be who we are so that we can minister to those that are around us, even the things that you've gone through in life. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. We can lament the things that have taken place in the past. We shouldn't live in the past, but we should learn from the past. And when we get into the presence of other people that have had similar experiences, that's where the joy of the Lord comes in, because we can tell them just how to get out of that. We can tell them just what to do with it. And we can tell them to be thankful unto God that they're still around. Because God knew exactly what he was doing. And he still, he still is making us. He's still moving in our life. And it's important to realize he's not satisfied with the unfinished product. He's not satisfied with your tempers. He's not satisfied with the weak areas of your life where you are given to be tempted. He is still making each and every one of us. He's still working on our lives. God is your maker, and you are created in his image. Therefore, give him thanks for who you are. Then he says, where are his people, the sheep of his pasture? Or I should say, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Most of us want to be shepherds, not sheep. Let me say that again. Most of us want to be shepherds and not sheep. It's not any fun being a sheep, most of us say. But the problem is we don't know where the still waters and the green pastures are. Let me stop here for a moment. I have seen people that have wanted to do life the way they've wanted to do them. I've heard people say when they do things wrong, I feel free now only to see that they're getting themselves deeper and deeper and deeper into trouble. Maybe not to them, but it's the people that surround them that are watching their lives. I always warn parents, you've got to be careful what you do because you've got eyes that are watching you. And what you do in moderation, they will definitely take to excess. And then as they get older and you realize that there's trouble, 
There's nowhere to point fingers but at, at yourself because you were the one that should show them the example of how to live. See, God wants us to follow, to follow him. Every time we search for things that are not a part of his will, we end up in a far country. We end up further away from him. And then, where is the thanks? Too often I hear people say, God, why did you do this to me? And it's not God that did it at all. He is saying, you be the sheep. Let me be the shepherd. And I will lead you beside the still waters and green pastures. Just let me lead. And how are we led? By the word. We are washed by the water of the word. We should be thankful for the word that God has given us. We should be thankful for the fact that the word says that we should submit ourselves to those that really have the rule over us. Because whatever mistakes are made, I can assure you, God will correct the mistakes. He always does. Why? Because he loves us. The fifth command is this. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good, and his love endureth forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. In the Old Testament, the temple symbolized the presence of God. So whenever the people came to the temple and entered the courtyards, they knew that they had come into the presence of Almighty God. Now that the temple no longer exists, but oftentimes the place where we meet to worship God is called the sanctuary, indicating that God is there. But God really is omnipresent. God is everywhere. And so with knowing that, wherever you are, that's where God is. And that is the time that we should acknowledge him and that we should tell him how much we are thankful for being his child, for being in his fold. He is with you every moment of life. Never forget that. He's there to help you with all challenges. But I'm concerned at times, what if God, what if God began to treat us like we treat him? What if God met our needs to the same extent that we give him our lives? What if we never saw another flower bloom because we grumbled when God sent rain? What if God stopped loving and caring for us because we failed to love and care for others? What if God took away his message because we wouldn't listen to the messenger? What if he wouldn't bless us today because we didn't thank him for yesterday? What if God answered our prayers the way we answer his call for service? What if God decided to stop leading us tomorrow because we did not follow him today? Lord, help us to be thankful. 
really help us to be thankful. Psalm 103 and 10 says, Not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. We need to understand each and every day that we live is a day to be thankful. Every morning that we get up, no matter how cold it gets, it's a day to say, this is the day that you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. It's now more than ever time to practice that thankfulness. I can tell you your life will completely and totally change because with that heart of gratitude, what you give, you'll get in return. That's how God wants it. So Thanksgiving is going to be next week. I don't know what you do around your table, but I know we'll do the same thing. We'll say what we're thankful for, all 24 of us. We'll say what we're thankful for. I know the kids and some of the others sometimes, would you hurry up so we can get to the food? But you know when we're all done saying what we're thankful for, the presence that's in that house is awfully incredible because God is there. So please, remember that God is with you and he wants you to live a life of thanks. Would you bow your head? Father, we thank you so, so much for what you have done. Up until this time, and knowing that you'll do more, but you really don't have to do anything more, God. You did it all so long ago. So God, please, accept the words that we have deep within our heart as far as gratitude is concerned. And Lord, help us to be even better people so that, God, this world will see you in action through our lives. God, I thank you for all that you are and for all that you continue to be. I pray all this in Jesus' name. And everybody says, at this time, the pastor is going to come and lead us in communion. Amen. Why don't we stand? What an incredible message we just heard on thankfulness. It's amazing they say that individuals who struggle with emotional issues, anxiety, depression, um, it's a regular part of the prescription that they daily practice gratitude. Because sometimes when we don't, we start seeing things uh, as they're not. Because we truly are a very blessed people. We have so much to be thankful for. Paul said, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So we're going we're gonna to transition into a time um, of communion. Um, but before we do that, can we just lift our hands all over this room, and can we just offer up some thanksgiving to God? We who have so much to be thankful for, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the blood that was shed for us. Thank you for your goodness and mercy. Thank you for the love that you freely give. Thank you for every day that we get to stand in your presence. Thank you, God, that you 
woke us up this morning. You put strength in our body. Lord Jesus, that you've given us, Lord Jesus, a job to work, food on our table. Lord, let us never forget how truly blessed we are. Let us not, Lord, lament, God, on what's not, God, and forget of all the things that you have done for us. We thank you and we praise you. We worship you. That, that scripture in Psalms 100 where it says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Uh, the Hebrews uh, in their ancient weddings would actually practice that. And they said that, that the bride, when she was going to come in where the reception was, that in, in the outside area, she would gather with her family and she would begin to thank them for all that they have done for her. Uh, thank her parents for the dowry. Thank the, the in-laws now for raising such a good boy. And she would just dull gratitude on them. And then she would go into the inner parts where the guests had gathered. And in, in, in the ears of everyone, she would begin to praise her husband who was in a private room. And as she would praise him, the groom would come out. What a beautiful depiction it is of us that when we start our day with praise and thanksgiving, it's the thing that tunes God's ear into us. That we don't just treat him like a vending machine of here's what I need today, but that we take the opportunity to praise him and to thank him for all he's done. Amen. Paul, when he was recounting the Lord's Supper, he, he said to the church of Corinthians, who was dealing with some issues, there were sicknesses due to some of the ways in which they were acting. And he says in, in verse number 28 of 1 Corinthians 11, but let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. Um, I, I think it's important before we go any further, um, if Bishop, if you wouldn't mind just opening that up. Um, Angie's going to play a song, but could we just take a moment to reflect and to search within us? And if there's anything that we need to repent or ask God to forgive us of, could we just take a moment to do that? And uh, when you feel ready, feel free to, to come forward and, and grab the elements and then we'll take together. But could we just take a moment uh, to, to reflect on our, our day, our week, and let's just make sure that we are in right standing with God. Could you do that with me?
return to your seat as she continues singing. For I have received of the Lord, that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance. After the same manner also, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament of my blood. This ye do as often as ye drink in remembrance of me. And then once again, let's 
practice again what was taught on tonight. Would you just once again, as we go from this place, would you lift your hands to heaven? Let him hear your voice and how thankful you are for all that he has done for you. For every blessing, for his goodness and his mercy. Lord Jesus, we worship you today. We thank you, God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for all that you have done, for all that you continue to do. Lord, every single day, Lord, we can count, Lord, the things that have happened in our life. But Lord, there are so many things, Lord, that are unbeknownst to us, blessings in disguise, things that you've kept us from. Lord, for everything that you have done and for everything, God, you continue to do, we say thank you. Thank you, Lord. Let us never lose sight of that. Let us never, Lord, look in the mirror and somehow think that where we are today is because of anything we have done. There is nothing good inside of us, Lord. But Lord, everything good and every perfect gift comes from above. And so we say thank you today. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your provision. Thank you for your care. Thank you for your presence that goes with us. Thank you for your name that's above every name. Thank you for healing us, Lord. Thank you for the freedom that we enjoy. Thank you for the relationships and the friendships you've given us, God. Thank you for a church where we can gather together and worship in one mind and one accord. Lord, we thank you today for you are so good to us. You are so good to us, Jesus. You are so good to us, God. We love you, Jesus. We thank you and we worship you and we praise you today. Lord, and I pray that as we go from this place, Lord, let us never forget. But Lord, let us wake up tomorrow with gratitude and thanksgiving in our hearts, Lord, and on our lips. For you are so good. We love you, Jesus. We worship you today. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, bless you all. I pray you have a blessed night. Uh, looking forward to just an impactful weekend. Come be a part Saturday, Sunday, Sunday night. Invite a friend, and uh, we're going to all be richly blessed by the, the ministry of Brother Woodward. So Lord bless you. Shake hands as you leave here, and we'll see you back here on Saturday.